You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Recording in progress. Why, hello, ladies and gentlemen. On today's show, what went right, what went wrong, and what can be improved upon, if anything, for the 2022 season of one Sir Manny Machado kicking off our player review series. And of course, we got to answer the question should Manny Machado be the MVP? That's right. Important, seismically, monumentally important episode today, folks. You know what you're listening to. Let's get started. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another edition of the Lockdown Padres Podcast, which is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day for Wednesday, November 16th. As always, I am your host with sometimes, occasionally, but certainly not always the most, Javier Reyes. You could follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, or you can see my reading, or my reading, see my reading, you can see my writing over at JustBaseball.com where I'm slowly getting back into the swing of things. The swing, like a batter swing, you know what I mean? Slowly getting back into it. And you guys can check me right about Padres and elsewhere. Also, at LO underscore Padres on Twitter for Padres stuff, obviously. And then Lockdown Padres on YouTube if you want to see whatever fit I'm rocking. Today I'm rocking my my classic Ali uh, hoodie. But um, trust me, we're going we're gonna to change it up as... As time goes on. On today's episode, guys, that was a long intro. On today's episode, we need to do our first player review of the 2022 slash somewhat, basically 2023 offseason. And you have to start with Manny Machado. I mean, you got to. You got to. It's just, the, it is the most important thing to do. You you simply must talk about the Manny man. All right? It has to be done. All right, and what we're going to be doing is we're going to be breaking it down from the perspective of what went right, what went wrong, and then what can kind of be improved for his 2023 season. And then, of course, because this is Manny Machado and we all know what's going on, got to talk about his MVP odds and what have you, um, and just whether or not he should win it. And, yeah. So let's get into it, ladies and gentlemen. Let's do it. Let's start Manny Machado's 2022 season, ladies and gentlemen. It was dynamite. Absolutely dynamite. And this has been a player for a long time that's been very good. Everybody knows who he is. Some even say he's the most hated player in baseball. I think that those people are sometimes justified. I get it from back in some of his Baltimore days and occasionally with some of the dirty plays that he's had and whatnot. I get it. I get it. But also keep in mind that being the most hated isn't necessarily bad in baseball because Bryce Harper was like the most hated player in baseball for a long time, called the most overrated, and look at him now. You know what I mean? He had one of the great postseason runs ever. So that's not an indictment on Manny Machado. In 2021, he had a pretty solid season, 4.3 F4. He hit well, 278, 347 on base. He hit, how many home runs did he hit here? He hit 28 homers. He was solid. Um, but one of the things, and this is what I want to talk about first with what went right for Manny Machado's season. It's the most important. One of the things that I criticized about his 2021 season was that I was a little bit worried. Um, he never got hot. You know what I mean? He just had a steady, solid, great season basically all year long, which was 
obviously awesome. And it's just a shame, though, that he wasn't able to go nuclear and just really carry the Padres for a set period of time. Which, again, again, that is a lot to ask for. I get it. It really is. Um, but what you saw happen in 2022, uh, by my approximation, is that he was a lot more dynamite throughout the whole year. He had a lot more moments of just being absolutely obscenely productive. All right. For example, in April, March and April, to start off the season, 386, 453, 614 slash line. The next month, 312, 402, 516. Those are already two months that were much better as just getting hot than any other season, basically, or that Manny Machado's had as Padre, um, which says a lot because he's been very good before. And really the worst month that he had was in July when he hit 202 with a 279 on base and a 415 slugging. He was kind of only hitting home runs uh, and his you know strikeout rate just ballooned. It was a rough month for him. He struck out 26.9% of the time. Uh, it was by far... Uh, his worst month in terms of strike guys. That was rare for him. Otherwise, 17%, 16%, and then a little bit of a 26%. But even when he did strike out a lot, he did a lot better with home runs and slugging and stuff like that. So he basically only had one poor month this year, and he got really hot. So that was the number one thing I liked. It all accumulated in uh, a whole lot of F4, too. Believe me, ladies and gentlemen, he got plenty of F4 this season. 7.4, to be exact, which is his highest total in his career, which is a wild thing to say, because back in the day in Baltimore, he was electric defensively and still very good offensively. But I think part of what happened here is Manny Machado yet again, and this is the most, I would argue, actually, for a player, I think for a sp in terms of specific players, Manny Machado's durability is one of the most underrated, just singular um, attributes of any player in baseball. Um, I really do believe that. There's been very few players to play more than him. One of them is actually in the MVP race, uh, Paul Goldschmidt, but we're not talking about him just yet. Um, and I think that that's what's remarkable. When you take into account that he does not strike out a whole lot, that he plays great defense, and that the strikeouts aren't that much, and he hits for power, it's just a skill set that really isn't common in baseball. It just doesn't happen. It doesn't happen, especially at a premium position like third base, that you need to have some good defense. Um, and that's really what Manny Machado delivers. So 7.4 F4, the second highest of his career for those curious was his 2015 season for the Orioles when he also played um, 162 games. 6.6 uh, .6 was that number. And he was very good that year, although um, this year he was able to do that and in slightly less games. He missed 12 games, actually. And that a lot of that came from, people might remember, when he had the... The, uh, when he rolled his ankle uh, running to first base, everyone thought it was over. I did too. It was a mess, right? It really was. I actually thought that Manny was like seriously hurt. And instead, thankfully, he avoided a major injury. So those are kind of the top things that went right for Manny Machado this year. And also, he was unbelievably, um, what's the word, uh, important to this particular team. The Padres this year did not have a very good offense. I mean, there's no real way around that. I know that they added Juan Soto. They had a big um, trade deadline. But in total, their final stats left a lot to be desired as an offense. And, I mean, look at this, guys. 15th in batting average, 8th in on-base percentage, 13th in runs, but then 21st in home runs, 22nd in slugging percentage. That's not very good. Their offense was pretty mediocre. And even their pitching, while very good, was not the type that can totally carry an inept offense. I don't think that this is the, you know, 80s Braves or something like that or whatever, whatever the heck uh, 
you know, uh, those guys pitched, Greg Maddox and all them, right? Still a very good pitching staff, but the bottom line is, for me, the number one thing that Manny Machado did. All right, we talked about how he got hot this year. He had moments when he was like, screw all of you. I am the best player in baseball. He had that great quote, of course, when he said, I'm not worried after getting swept by a Dodger because I'm Manny bleeping Machado. Number one thing this year. Number one thing. The San Diego Padres team, as constructed heading into season, needed this type of season for Manny Machado. I'm not going to say that they don't make the playoffs if Manny Machado doesn't do this because baseball can be unpredictable. Maybe they make another trade and then those guys cumulatively give up enough F4 and whatnot. I don't know. But specifically for this year, he was invaluable. I just mentioned the stats with the home runs and whatnot, and that's including him. Um, And remember, they did not get Juan Soto until much later, and they still did not get Fernando Tatis Jr., which is the biggest thing of all of this. Heading into the season, Padres fans, baseball prognosticators, whatever you want to call it, everybody knew Manny Machado has to be awesome, and he couldn't just be 4.3 F4 awesome, which would have been nice, would have been a solid season. But this particular team, coming off of the Tatis suspension, not having him, coming off of the fact that you still have that the ground ball gremlin, Eric Hosmer at first base, who's been a bust for the Padres heading into the season. And combined with the fact that also you had the biggest collapse in recent and perhaps all-time baseball history in the 2021 Padres. So if you take all of that combined, that's a lot of pressure. And Manny Machado came through. He did not just have an okay year. He did not have a Jake Cronenworth type of year. That is certainly something you want from all of your players, especially if that's your down year. But they needed MVP numbers from him, and that's what they got. So that, for me, is the number one thing that I loved about Manny Machado's season that went well. Of course, just to rehash it really quickly, 7.4 F4. The fact that he has one of the best just walk to strikeout rates among people who hit home runs like himself in all of baseball. The fact that he can play defense and, and of course, of course, of course, of course, that he was able to have moments when he got really, really hot and carried the team offensively. And of course, what I just mentioned, which is knowing the expectations heading into the season and still coming through, uh, says a lot about May Machado's season. And those are aspects that I do believe need to be counted when we're talking about this. But ladies and gentlemen, that's what went right for Manny Machado. That's what went right. We got to talk about what perhaps didn't go right for Manny Machado. Perhaps. But before we do that, ladies and gentlemen, I need to take a quick second to talk to you about something that is quite important. Not that what we've been talking about is important. It very much is. But this is super important. If you've thought about securing your home with home security, but have been putting it off, you know, I know, I know, you know, a lot of people in my life have been putting it off. There was actually like a, a, in my neighborhood, there was a, a a burglary recently. So that just goes to show you this is this. You got to be careful for this. Guess what, guys? Listen up. Listen up. Listen, 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 listen. Right now, Lockdown Padres listeners can order the number one rated Simply Safe home security system for 50% off. This is their biggest offer of the year and you don't want to miss it. And here's why I love it. I just mentioned that there was literally a break-in in my neighborhood that I live in, which, of course, will remain classified for this year's podcast. Duh. But there was a break-in, and it was wild, and my mom was making me, after we heard about it, walk around the house with a bat <laughs> that I had from my Little League days just to make sure no one's lurking or whatever. 
But you know what the number one thing was that made everything easier? Knowing that we have Simply Safe, knowing that our house is protected, and that that might have been what ended up deterring uh, would be burglars. The fact that they see that, you know, logo on your yard or whatever you want to call it, that they have that, the fact that you get first responders are always there. You know what I mean? There's always going to be people monitoring your house, even if you're not home, right? Even if we weren't home. And that's what happens, it turns out, to um, be something that really sold uh, my me on the product as well. The fact that if we're not home, right, which I feel like can sometimes be a reason for burglary if nobody's there, right, that you have people who are watching your house and they'll send the right professionals over and keep you safe. The peace of mind is amazing. And I really did literally experience what it's like last week. So that's pretty sick. It's pretty sick, guys. It's awesome. It's awesome. So don't miss your chance to save big on the only security system that I recommend. Get 50% off any new Simply Safe system at simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb. This is their biggest discount of the year, ladies and gentlemen. So stop waiting. Ain't no time for waiting, man. That's simplysafe.com/lockedonmlb. There's no safe like Simply Safe. And we keep it moving. Ladies and gentlemen, we're talking about Manny Machado. A lot went right for his 2022 year. To be honest, so much went right that I'm probably going to have to do more episodes about it. Best moments of the year? Oh, he's part of them. Oh, he's part of them. I will say one thing, and this doesn't have to do with what went wrong. Didn't have enough fun moments of Manny Machado making crazy plays in like right field. Was a little bit upset. Come on, Manny. What are you doing? Why aren't you playing right field too? What's going on here? Oh, well, Will has that covered, and, uh, you know, uh, Azokar has that covered, and Mazzara has it. No, 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 no. I want you to play every position. I want you to run around and pitch. I want you to run to right field and make those diving catches that you did in 2021. That was one thing that was disappointing for me. Just from an aesthetic standpoint, I loved watching that. If there's anything that went wrong for Manny Machado's season, and believe me, there's not much. If there's anything that went wrong, one, number one, as a joke, the fact that Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt did so well this year. They admittedly had really great seasons, and it's frustrating because those guys, not that they looked like they were on washed watch, but that they were clearly heading to a part of the career where they were just going to be solid players that are a little bit more name value than actual value. For example, with Arenado, last year his on-base percentage was really, really low, and he mostly only hit home runs. Right Last year, he had an F4 4.1, which again, very solid, but then this year, 7.3. And Paul Goldschmidt is, is an even bigger example of this because he looked like he was a player that was heading towards a little bit of a decline, having a 5 F4 last year and then a 2.3, 3.4 the year before that in 2019 with the Cardinals. And then, of course, he bounces back, and then he's awesome this year. So it looked like maybe things are going to get a little bit lower for them, especially because Paul Goldschmidt is 34 years old in 2022. Right, so the age was there, and of course, uh, ladies and gentlemen, those are the competitors for the National League MVP, and we're going to see how that all shakes out. But the real thing, as an actual thing that was a little bit disappointing, is Manny Machado's defense. Um, now, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This is a very slight, very nitpicky gripe, but what I got to do it. Uh, somebody's got to do it. I'm doing the podcast here. Hey, I'm doing the podcast here. You got to nitpick just a little bit when it comes to Manny Machado's defense. And this is something that I brought up before, and that is that Manny Machado's prime, you are the best defender in baseball type of numbers 
didn't exactly translate once he came to the Padres. Um, and what I mean by that is he was a lot better defensively in Baltimore. He had like 20 defensive run saves. His outs above average were through the roof. Um, if I can actually see if I can find them real quick for previous seasons, I probably should have been prepared before this, ladies and gentlemen. How do I find this? Is it season stats? Is it fielding? Where do I find fielding on fan graphs? Why is it always so hard for me to do this? I never know why. Anyway, anyway, while I try and find all that. Um, one of the things with Manny Machado defensively that I found to be um, slightly underwhelming is those numbers. Defensive runs saved and outs above average. This year, in 2022, he did have eight outs above average, which was better than his 2021 mark. But in terms of defensive runs saved, not so much. He actually had negative three. Which, again, it, defensive runs saved can be a little bit weird sometimes. Right? I, you've noticed that before. Jerks and Profar will be like the best defensive runs saved player in the league for a little bit. And you're like, wait, what's going on here? Just some outfield assists and whatnot. That, that can play a part into it. And I'm not going to necessarily pretend that I know everything about what goes into judging a defender. Because in baseball, I find that to be particularly hard. Because just for simple semantics and optical reasons, the fact that when you're watching the ball get hit, you can't see the beginning of that play and how much range that a player has. You know what I mean? Just on a broadcast. It's a lot harder to see that. Um, which is why these these statistics um, can be helpful in that, but not necessarily tell the full story, right? With arm strength, how quick everything is, just the look of a player. I, I don't know. Things that scouts see, right? But the negative three defensive run saved is by far the lowest of his career and is lower than even his first year with the Padres when he did underwhelm a little bit defensively with one defensive run saved. The outs above average have, were good this year, though. And in that first year with the Padres, he actually had negative six outs above average. Again, this is, this is all things, but it's just worth pointing out that the negative three mark is a blemish on Manny Machado's uh, resume this year. You know, this is a guy who back in his Baltimore days had... You know, um, totals of 27, 18, 15. And then with the Padres, just a lot of really good defense. You know, a lot of really good defense, but he didn't necessarily make um, leaps and bounds. You're a gold glove Cabrian Hayes defender right now. And of course, again, as I kind of was saying at the top of this, it's understandable. The guy was carrying the offense this year, like absolutely carrying it. So I can understand if maybe the defense wasn't incredible, maybe... You know, those diving plays for certain balls might result in some injuries, and you can't have Manny getting injured because he's the whole team's offense right now, right? Like, Lord knows. It was it was Luke Voigt, Jerkson, Profar did a little bit, don't get me wrong, and then Manny Machado, but he had to carry a whole lot uh, heading into the season, and he knew that. Um, so I'd say slightly disappointing defense for Manny Machado. He was not a Gold Glove finalist for a reason, and a reason that I felt was actually quite justifiable um, because... Key Brian Hayes and Nolan Arenado were phenomenal. And the fact that, um, what's his face? Let me see if I can find a third base. Who's the other third baseman that was nominated? I'm trying to remember who else was nominated. Ryan McMahon, I think, was the one nominated. It was either him, was it Brick? No. Let me see. It has to be, it had to have been Ryan McMahon. Those are the top three, like, leaders. So that would be what disappointed me a little bit. If you want to go by defensive rating, he was still solid with an 8.5, but not nearly as good as some other players, including Nolan Arenado, who is... It's so funny watching people like Padres folk just hate Nolan Arenado. And it's sometimes, I think, a bit 
And it's just people just being a, a fun, punchy rivalry. And other times people are like, oh my God, MLB, yet again, just hyping up Arenado and ignoring Manny. That's not entirely true. I think that when it comes to defense, there's a reason why Nolan Arenado has a gold glove every single day of year of his career, because he's excellent. And that does not diminish what Manny Machado has accomplished. But it is worth pointing out when we're just trying to see what went wrong for the team in terms of all that, right? And that's that's really it. If you want to look at his stat cast page, he still hits the ball hard. And even this year, another thing that went right for him is his base running improved just a tad bit, which is awesome. I love it when base running is a little bit better. Uh, because Manny was a little bit slow last year, um, perhaps. It felt like my mom actually mentioned this to me, and I, I don't feel like looking this up because I just love the eyeball test when it comes to these things. My mom kept telling me Manny looked a little bit less um, weighty, a little bit, like he lost a little bit of weight uh, for this year. I don't know. I don't necessarily know if I see that. It could just be that like the visual look of things, maybe just seeing it on Bally Sports, maybe just kind of the, maybe the alternate uniforms, you know what I mean? Maybe that's what it is, him being compared to other players on the team that when like Jerks and Profar is batting up first and you're like, oh wow, yeah, he's not that, but yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it is. And maybe Luke Voigt had something to do with that because Lord knows that's a chunky, thick boy, gargantuan of a man. You know what I mean? But uh, that could be what it is. But that's just an observation of mine. Um, And it's, look, guys, again, this is just, there's very little to nitpick here. I think the fact that he had such a great season when the team needed it and the fact that he's still pretty young by, by all standards, right? Like, that's the really exciting thing about Manny Machado is that he's got a lot of time left, man. Uh, Manny Machado is still under contract, obviously, with the Padres for so long. Um, and he's he's not very old. He's only 30 years old, or he's going to be 30 years old uh, by the time we get into this this uh, next season. So, again, this is a potential Hall of Fame player, probably a Hall of Fame player, who's only adding to his resume, even if the defense isn't quite as, oh, my Lord, as it used to be. But it doesn't matter because the offense is so damn good. But ladies and gentlemen, before we get into the real heart of the matter, before we get into the MVP stuff, before we get into the kind of just the the celebration, I say, of Manny Machado for a little bit longer, ladies and gentlemen, I got to talk to you about something. I assume you knew before the season, you probably listened to me talk of my buddy, my buddy Colby Olson, and he was giving us the stats. He was giving us the odds for the MVP. And he said he liked the Manny Machado odds. You should have listened to him. You should have listened to him back then. He was telling you. But ladies and gentlemen, do you know where he was getting those stats from? Those stats that were underrating our boy Manny, perhaps, just a little bit? Why, he got them from betonline.net, ladies and gentlemen. Your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. Obviously, you got baseball, but you also got football, you got basketball, you got the soccer or football, whatever you want to call it. You got esports, everything over at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, you can find those as well over there. They're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting fix. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online where the game starts. <clears throat> Hold up. Mm. Ladies and gentlemen, we got to keep it moving. We got to keep it moving because this is the most important part of the podcast. Should Manny Machado win 
the 2022 National League MVP? My opinion is yes. Um, and that opinion is clearly not biased at all. Um, I think that what's important and one thing that's really been driving me insane when it comes to any sort of discourse, and I I get that there's a reason for this. It's more fun even sometimes when people get really hyperbolic. But when they, I call it the, the I forgot what theory I call it exactly. I call, I call it the James Harden theory, right? And that's what I'll call it for now at least. And the James Harden theory is basically that I was so frustrated that one year when it was Giannis versus Harden for MVP. Anybody who's an NBA fan, you might remember Harden. Everybody was hurt on the Rockets and he came in and it genuinely helped the team win and he was scoring like literally 40 points like every single game. And it was awesome. And then Giannis was doing Giannis things because he is the Greek freak. But a lot of discourse popped up, which is like, it is obviously Giannis Antetokounmpo. It is obviously James Harden. What are you, stupid? Duh! It's got to be those guys. And I just couldn't stand that. And don't get me wrong. I Again, let me explain. I get why this happens. You got to do it to get the clicks. Which is, I'm not going to hate on people trying to get clicks, man. We all try to get fed and do our thing out here. But... For me, sometimes it's it can be really exhausting. And I don't want that to be what happens with this Manny Machado versus Paul Goldschmidt um, MVP debate. I really don't. I don't think that it's obvious that Manny Machado is the MVP. I do not think that it is obvious by a long shot that Paul Goldschmidt is the MVP. Because there's a lot of things to go in favor of both. Paul Goldschmidt was genuinely phenomenal and it was in an older age. And I think that bringing up these other factors, like the age, right? I think that that's awesome. Like, I love doing that because I like it when baseball debates are a little bit more lively instead of just pretend I'm typing. I don't know if you guys could hear that. Pretend I'm typing. Instead of it's just, oh, what's his F4? Okay, MVP. I like it when we bring those kind of exterior factors and even sometimes esoteric factors like you know, who was more motivated and who had to do more for their team and who had more pressure, right? With Paul Goldschmidt, hey, the Cardinals had a pretty great team this year, but he still did so much. And I think that he doesn't deserves just a whole lot of credit for it. And he is, rightfully, getting a whole lot of credit for it. I think that with, with Manny, you know, if you want to look at some things that don't go in his favor, it's that defensively, or I'm not saying not defensively, um, when it comes to WRC+, um... Paul Goldschmidt was ahead. He had a 177 WRC+, plus, which is about 70% better than your average player. That's pretty incredible, right? It was one of the highest WRC plus marks in baseball. In fact, it was number three, um, which, is, which is nuts, behind Aaron Judge and Jordan Alvarez. Again, nutty, nutty stuff. His 7.1 F4, however, is behind Manny Machado. Part of that is because of the defense. Um, Paul Goldschmidt was uh, he, he wasn't the best at the old defense uh, this year. He actually had a mi minus 15.8 defensive rating um, by Fangraph's approximations. And in the other stats that we were talking about before, he was... Let's see here if we can get that up because I am having trouble getting it. Why do I don't know why it's so hard for me to find fielding stats on Fangraph's. You, ever, you guys ever find yourself having trouble pulling that up? Because I can like never get to it, and then I think I scroll by it and whatnot. All right, anyway, I got it. In 2022, he had two defensive runs saved, and then minus six outs above average. That's my big thing. 
if I saw that he only had a minus in defensive run saved, that's one thing, especially since his defense was so incredible. But minus six outs above average, that is not great. That is not great, folks. It is certainly disappointing. But again, with all the offensive stuff, with his WOBA, with his, even his ex-WOBA, with his WRC Plus that I mentioned, right? With the fact that his isolated power was so good. He did manage to crack 35 home runs, and that was more than the 32 that Manny Machado had. Paul Goldschmidt is absolutely deserving. He is. Um, he really is. But the reason fundamentally why I am pro-Manny instead of Mr. Paul Goldschmidt, and again, this is not to um, slight him. It, it really isn't. Although it kind of is, just a tiny bit. For those exterior factors that I mentioned, right? We could take up we could take up the stats. We could bring WRC plus. Baseball Reference gave Paul Goldschmidt a higher WAR than Manny Machado. Um, you know, like it's just it's totally totally fair. His OPS was eighty points higher. All this stuff. For me, it is what we talked about in the podcast: the fact that the Padres team needed him so badly. The fact that they had that disaster of 2021. A lot is riding on this season. The fact that Tatis was out. The fact that their best offensive player, Jake Cronenworth, you would think, had kind of a down year. You know, he was still solid, but a lot of that was because his defense also uh, and his, the versatility also helped him out and boosted his F4 ranking just a bit. With Paul Goldschmidt, don't get me wrong. Not like his team was the Warriors with Durant. Not like this was murderer's row. Guys like Dylan Carlson, guys like Tyler O'Neill, guys like uh, whoever the heck their shortstop was that they refused to spend money on that position for some reason. Whoever. They didn't necessarily have as deep of a lineup as they might have wanted, right? Yadier Molina got old. Albert Pujols actually showed up for them a little bit, so that doesn't count. But a lot of some of their younger players that they needed to do well, like O'Neill, like Carlson, did not step up. Um, Harrison Bader ends up getting traded. They, again... That's, that's the bottom line, is they didn't have like an all-star cast the way that they usually do, right? But he still did have Nolan Arenado by him, who was also an MVP uh, like nominee, which is arguably the weirdest thing about this. When have we had an MVP race where you're trying to tell me most valuable player is one of these three, but the two of the nominees are on the same team? Now, how could he be the most valuable? Uh, that's just, there's a little bit of a weird... I don't know. There's something. Something went awry there, ladies and gentlemen. Um, at least that. That's just me. That's just me. Uh, right? Like that's just me. Um, Nolan Arenado had a seven point three F four this year. He was excellent. He was excellent. And if we want to go a little bit lower, seventeenth overall in F four this year was Tommy Edmond. Now a lot of that, okay, was also defense. He helped out tremendously early on in the year. Thirteen homers. He had a solid slash line. He had a 108 WRC plus, but most importantly, his defense was incredible, right? His defense was incredible. But I still think that it's worth bringing up because this next, the first Padres player in terms of total F4 uh, rankings that comes in is Jay Corner with that 32 overall with a 4.2 F4. Now, if we want to bring up, say, uh, something that goes against Manny Machado having to carry the load. Once Juan Soto came to the team, you could argue that, to bring up another basketball analogy, last year when Joel Embiid was up for MVP, 
once James Harden joined the team, it almost felt like, since it wasn't now officially him carrying the load because of Ben Simmons being out for that team, right? It became more all about all eyes on Embiid because he's doing everything, right? And then Harden joined, kind of whether intentionally or not, just took a little bit of that away from him. It took a little bit of that MVP luster away from him. Not to mention Jokic was just better and also was playing by himself for the most part, right? But forget that for a second. That's kind of my comp here. Um, I think that it's it's possible that maybe people lost a little bit of that narrative, lost a little bit of that carrying the Padres' offensive load narrative because of the addition of Juan Soto and Josh Bell and Brandon Drury, even though those last two guys didn't do as much. That could be it. But this is a team that was throwing out Nomar Mazzara, who is a former prospect that actually did okay for the Padres, not too bad, considering what I had said in the past was I thought he was great for a two-month call-up type of thing. Considering that C.J. Abrams was not able to make a rookie kind of blow up on the scene, I still think he's got a bright future with the Nationals. Good luck with them. Um, But he wasn't able to be that breakout. Trent Grisham was atrocious, like atrocious. At least with the Cardinals guys, part of it was injuries. Ty O'Neill gets hurt. Dylan Carlson gets hurt. That's part of the reason why they suffered. Trent Grisham was healthy all year. (laughs) You know what I mean? He was healthy all year. Jake Cronenworth? Maybe, although they say some reports say that he might have been playing through an injury. He was healthy all year, right? And that's that's my big thing. And I love that Manny Machado was a great leader for this team. I still keep thinking about every day him shouting to Hassan Kim in Korean. I love that so much. I love those two, seeing them play and just the, the, the clear um, respect those two have for each other. But that's my biggest thing, guys, uh, to cut it short. that's That's my biggest thing for why I think Manny Machado should be the MVP. You knew you had to have a good season. There's a lot of drama, man. A lot of drama around the Padres. A lot of people just not wrote them off, but were like, oh my God, remember when we said that Dodgers-Padres was going to be the next Yankees-Red Sox? Like, a lot of people laughing at it. The, the, the swag chains became a meme. And I think stuff like that should count. Towards being like, Manny knows this. He knows all the pressure that's on them to bounce back and not have this all this whole Slam Diego thing and their, you know, Tatis being on the cover and signing all these players. They make all the biggest trades that it would really make them look foolish if they didn't have a good season. And once again, they fell back, right? Didn't happen. And then, of course, you have the playoffs, which I did not talk about in this episode only because I feel that it's a regular season award. And I don't think it's fair necessarily to bring all that in. Because if Manny Machado had a bad um, playoff performance, I would have said the same thing. I said, like, it shouldn't be used against him. So I don't think that should be used against Nolan Aaron and Paul Goldschmidt. However, it should absolutely be used when you're just trying to make fun of them. <laughs> when you're just trying to say, hey, so much for the two MVPs on that team. Couldn't it hit worth a lick against the Philadelphia Phillies, now could you? Not even with their atrocious defense. He couldn't do nothing. Nolan Fraudinato. Am I right? You saw that error he made in that for, in the game one against the, the Phillies when they blew it in the ninth inning? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Manny didn't make that error. Manny was always there. And he was clutch. And he was awesome. And he should be, in my opinion, the 2022 National League Most Valuable Player. Although, it is certainly a good debate to have. That's about it, ladies and gentlemen. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you enjoyed this breakdown of all things Manny. We're certainly going to do more highlights and kind of 
recaps of maybe some like specific Manny moments this year. I'm still working on doing like a favorite moments of the playoffs and a favorite moments of overall uh, the year from the Padres specifically. And then playoffs will be all the teams because there was a lot to like, including Mets fans losing their mind about Musgrove, which I take a sick pleasure in enjoying their, their tears. By the way, don't worry. I'm still drinking the Dodgers tears. Mm. Keeping me hydrated for like two months now. Um, I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope it was a blast for you to talk about Manny Machado's season and that you enjoy these player reviews. We're going to be doing more of them. Next one that we're going to do, I think is actually going to be about a player that didn't succeed. Just to mix it up. I kind of want to go good, bad, good, bad, good, bad in this order, at least for now. I think that's going to be Trent Grisham. Uh, we got to talk about Trent Grisham because that's going to be a really, really fun one. So going to be doing a player review for Trent Grisham. That should be Thursday's episode. Tomorrow's episode. Hold on, wait. Hold on. Hold on. That should be Friday's episode. There we go. Uh, tomorrow's episode, I'm going to be talking with Paul Francis Sullivan, but please call him Sully of Lockdown MLB. Go subscribe to that podcast, by the way. Great history podcast. He covers all things baseball. He's going to be on the show because he asked me to do a crossover, and he thought it'd be fun to do like a look ahead at the future thing. So that should be a lot of fun. That'll be in your feeds as well. Then we'll keep up the player reviews and the aforementioned best moments and all that stuff. Guys, the offseason, it's just because it's the offseason doesn't mean that there ain't stuff to talk about. We're already getting sign signings. We are. It's great. The Tyler Anderson just signed with uh, the, the Angels. Right, That was a starting pitcher uh, target potentially for the Padres. Lots of cool stuff happening, ladies and gentlemen. So keep your eyes peeled. And with that all being said, that about does it for today's edition of the Lockdown Padres podcast. The only pot that may be better than the Padres themselves. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever your podcasts from. Follow me on Twitter at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O, at L-O underscore Padres on Twitter. And, of course, Lockdown Padres on YouTube. Until next time. Stay safe, and of course, stay faithful. My prior faithful homies, take care.